This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank you for tuning in. You know, before we move on to uh, this other stuff, I just I want to ask you a question. Because, again, I know some of you just don't like Trump and some of you have fallen for the demonization of, of Donald Trump, even though some of you probably consider yourselves Republicans, but you're really not. Um, when was the last time a politician held federal office but lost wealth? Because I know some of you don't believe what I what I was saying, you know, because, again, it's everybody against you, the political class versus the people. Trump was the representative of the people. He's the first one we've had in the White House in a very, very long time. I mean, not like the guy, may not approve of his policies, even though uh, you liberal Democrats did approve of a lot of his policies four years, five years, six years prior to him actually being the president. It was actually policies that were part of the Democratic platform. But I digress. When was the last time somebody ran for federal office, not even just president, federal office, got elected, went to Washington, D.C., and lost wealth. When was the last time? Because Trump lost $600 million in net worth. $600 million. You think Joe Biden's not going to take the presidential salary? Joe Biden's a multimillionaire. Think he's not going to take that? When was the last time? Seriously. I'm talking about House of Representatives. I'm talking about Senate. I am talking about presidency. When was the last time somebody held federal office and didn't gain in wealth? Because Trump worked for free, donated his salary, and lost $600 million in net worth. Why did he do that? Because he believed in it, and it was important, and he was doing it whether you want to admit it or accept it or not for all of you. And as a result, there was a four and a half year plot against him, which was finalized this morning. That's the reality. And if you want to believe that that is some Hollywood movie type conspiracy, you're as brain dead as an inanimate object. The sheer fact that they lied about collusion, the sheer fact that they lied about the Ukraine, the sheer fact that they lied about his taxes, the sheer fact that they lied about business dealings in Russia, the sheer fact that they lied about uh, racist statements that he never made, the sheer fact that they continued to peddle those lies over and over and over and over again in spite of the fact that they had been fact-checked into oblivion and they were completely fabricated nonsense. With text messages about backup plans to get him out of office. With senior officials in Washington, D.C., many of whom we have now found are guilty of the fake crimes they accused Trump of doing. You watch over the next year. I know some of you are going to be tempted to not pay attention. 
over the next year, I want you to pay very close attention to the population of the state of Georgia. Do that for me, would you? Because over the next year, you're going to find a whole bunch of people who moved to Georgia right before the election, leave Georgia after the election. Guarantee it. It's a crime. It's illegal to do that. But I guarantee you it'll happen. Guaranteed. So much so, I would bet my producer Joe's health on it. Speaking of health. Oh, by the way, uh, flashbacks as we're talking about net worth. Remember Hillary Clinton. We were dead broke after we left the White House. <laughs> They earned $12 million that year, but they were dead broke. Dead broke. $600 million. Trump's net worth declined. As of September. $600 million. A new study on the PCR test used to detect the Chinese Communist Party virus is based on a flawed design according to not me, not radio host Casey Hendrickson, but according to scientists. See, I have to offer that clarification now because, again, the brain-dead clowns out there love misconstruing what I say. They love it. Good luck with your podcast. Never in medical history has a diagnostic tool been given so much authority as the PCR test, which has been used to detect the CCP virus and determine who is quarantined, which businesses may open, and how many people can gather together. Many, many policymakers rely solely on the rising positive cases derived from the PCR test and not on the death or hospitalization rates to implement restrictive measures to try to stop the transmission of the Chinese Communist Party virus, sometimes known as the Wu flu, sometimes known as Wuhan coronavirus, sometimes known as the Chinese virus, and sometimes known as COVID. But the gold standard PCR test is now under investigation as an international team of scientists not radio talk show hosts, calls for the retraction of a study that details the first PCR test protocol to detect the CCP virus, claiming there were serious technical and scientific errors. No kidding! Wasn't it? Go back to April? May, maybe? When I first told you, all of the evidence seems to indicate a whole bunch, 80 to 90% of new positive COVID cases don't have enough viral load to be transferred to another human being. And of course, the media stopped focusing on the death rate because the death rate kept going down. Can't focus on, on the death rate going down. No, you got to demonize somebody who is in the White House and you got to pretend that he's getting people killed. Oh, speaking of lies about the president, how about the, the rewriting of history and lying about him and his COVID response? How about that? Probably a significant driving force in many of the people voting. Now, two days ago, I told you about an epidemiologist, the former head of the Department of Epidemiology at Rockefeller University, not a radio host. The former head of epidemiology at Rockefeller University he said 
The reason we have so few flu cases this year is because we've renamed the flu COVID. Now, again, I'm not saying that a prestigious and accomplished epidemiologist is saying that. See, I got to spell this out as simple as I possibly can for the brain dead masses out there. Hmm. And what did they cite? They cited the tests. And I, I was going about it. I was talking about this and, and I had, uh, I had some doctors reach out to me. Another little sidebar, ladies and gentlemen, is that I have an awful lot of medical professionals who reach out to me on a regular basis and provide information to me about what is actually happening with COVID in our community. They're scared to death to to speak out and, and tell everybody about it because they've seen what happens to medical doctors and scientists who go against the media narrative. They get canceled, they get fired, they get destroyed, they get besmirched, the people show up at their houses, Their careers are ruined, and all they've tried to do is provide accurate medical and scientific information to the public, and they get get canceled as a result of it. So many of them on the down low, on the sly, they, they shift some information my way on what is happening in our community as well as the overall outlook of COVID. And so we talked about this two days ago, about how a top epidemiologist in the country says we do have flu cases. We're just naming it COVID. And the reason is, is that we're getting these, these false positives because of the test. Now we've got an international team of scientists who are saying the PCR test is a real problem. The study referred to as the corman Drosten paper aimed to develop and deploy robust diagnostic methodology for use in public health laboratory settings without having a virus material available. Uh, friendly reminder, back in April and May, when I told you that we were having this artificially inflated uh, COVID positivity rate, and I was called a conspiracy theorist for it, and then right after the election, right afterwards, after the election was over, right after the election, leaked audio of Dr. Fauci on a podcast in June confirming exactly what I had said a month or two before. Hmm. Interesting. At the time that the paper was published, the genetic sequence of the CCP virus was not available as China had not shared the virus isolators or samples from infected patients. Scientists from China only provided genetic sequences from an online gene bank. To date, no validation has been performed by the authorship based on isolated SARS-CoV-2 viruses or full-length RNA thereof, according to the international scientists in their point-by-point review of the Corman-Drosten paper. Again, SARS-CoV-2 is COVID. Corman-Drosten's PCR test protocol was promoted as the main diagnostic tool for COVID-19 by the World Health Organization on January 13th of 2020, before the study ever peer-reviewed or published in European medical journal Eurosurveillance on January 23. So all of these scientists now are saying, yeah, this PCR test, very flawed. And yet it's the test that we're all using. So again, I had, had, had some doctors reach out to me. So what they had to say was pretty interesting. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but I'm going to tell you some of the stuff that they sent to me this week. 
coming up, 95.3 MNC. You know, something that I have found very interesting, and I'm not going to go into it in great detail today. Maybe I will at another time, but something I found very interesting is that they keep doing surveys of healthcare workers and a large number of them, a significant percentage of them, do not want to get the vaccines. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, what is what is that? What does that tell? Again, I'm not I'm not telling you not to get the uh, the vaccine. I'm not that guy. I'm not worried about the vaccine. But there is a large number of healthcare workers who do not want it. Interesting, and it's not because they want uh, susceptible populations to get it first. That's not the reason. Okay. I'm going to take you back to just a couple of days ago. Epidemiologist Newt Witkowski, again, used to run epidemiology at Rockefeller University. There may be quite a number of influenza cases included in the presumed COVID category of people who have COVID symptoms, which influenza symptoms can be mistaken for, but are not tested for SARS RNA, the flu. Those patients, he argued, also may have some SARS RNA sitting in their nose while being infected with influenza, in which case the influenza would be confirmed to be COVID. Not me saying it. Epidemiologist who used to run the Rockefeller University Department of Epidemiology and Biostatistics. Just so we're clear. An expert. Okay. That was two days ago. Today, team of scientists are saying the, the PCR test, really problematic. After I told you about that epidemiologist, I had some, some doctors reach out to me. This is what they had to say. COVID-19 testing and influenza AB testing are run concurrently for all with the usual symptoms. As you'd expect, there's a lot of crossover, etc. Plus recommendations from, quote, expert panels include testing for all three in any suspected cases. Now, this is this is what's happening at local clinics. OK, here in Michiana, not everywhere, but local clinics. Interestingly. We have seen many folks test positive for COVID-19 and influenza, and many for only one. Why should this matter? Because the first listed diagnosis is the one which catches the eye of the bean counters at the insurers, whether private insurance or Medicare. Mm. And coding COVID-19 first is encouraged for a number of reasons, including guarantee of reimbursement. Again, incentivizing all providers across the nation. Mm -hmm. Altruism for chasing COVID just plus justifying the time doing so. And influenza may thus be overlooked. This may be another take on the epidemiologist tale from earlier today. Influenza gets lost. COVID-19 is king. Remember, the president of the Indiana Hospital Association not long ago lied to all of you and said there isn't any extra money in getting COVID patients, which, of course, has been fact-checked to the hilt. It's totally, totally not true. There absolutely is extra money in COVID, uh, COVID patients. So just something to throw out there. As I, the question that I always had, if flu is down 95.5% this year, 
Why was there such a push to get the seasonal flu shot? What sense did that make? It was either about money or they knew that the flu wasn't wasn't really gone. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to go to a, a bit of a more positive story. And I want to thank the audience for uh, recommending that I talk about this. I had the story. I just... You get on tangents sometimes, and you've got to be, you know, reeled back in. So I've been on a bit of a tangent today. But Barstool Sports' Dave Portney has launched a $500,000 fund to aid small businesses that have been hit by the pandemic. And uh, he said this uh, last Thursday, I think it was, that his company has started a relief fund to aid small businesses struggling to stay afloat during... Oh, wait, no, is this today? Uh, no, this is this is back in December, excuse me. Um, he said the initiative of the Barstool Fund is to contribute $500,000 towards small businesses in need of financial lifeline. Companies can apply for assistance with uh, needs such as rent or, or tax payments by sharing their stories by email so long as they continue to pay their employees throughout the pandemic. And this is in line with what I just did here this last month with uh, Comcast Business. You know, Comcast Business reached out to me and they said, we want to give away advertising and money to small businesses uh, in Michiana. Can, can we partner with you for that? And yeah, of course, absolutely. Uh, so we did those promotions. People have been uh, emailing us and asking us who won. We're waiting for that information, by the way. As soon as we know, we'll let you know. Um, so, you know, I partnered with Comcast Business for that. And then Barstool has the Barstool Fund. Now, what has been interesting about this is that uh, the 30-day fund founders have now pledged a million dollars to the fund. Kid Rock pledged $100,000 to the fund. So people are coming out of the woodwork now, and they are are contributing more and more money. So currently, there are over 155,000 supporters. There are over $20 million in funds that have been raised in the Barstool Fund for small businesses. So far they have been able to support 90 businesses. And of course that list continues to grow as they go through the verification process. If you are a small business owner in need of help due to the impacts of COVID, you can submit your application at thebarstoolfund.com. If you are able to help, you can make a tax deductible contribution to support small businesses featured below by clicking contribute to the fund. You can also support small businesses by purchasing one of the shirts below. And this is on the website, by the way. 100% of the net proceeds will go towards supporting small businesses. And they, they go through and, I mean, you can, you can uh, shop for merchandise from those businesses. You can donate and contribute to the fund and, and support these businesses. If you are a business, you can apply. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. And you take a look at, uh, there's a lot of bars, taverns, and pubs, man. They have been hit so hard. Uh, there's some barber shops. There's some other things as well, some gyms that are on here. And, you know, if you if you need this, if you're a small business and you need it, go to Barstool. Well, hold on. Well, Barstool Sports has it, but I want to give you the actual fund website. TheBarstoolFund.com. TheBarstoolFund.com dot com 
So if you have the means to contribute, please do so. Again, over $20 million has been donated. Um, and that is updated about every five minutes or so. But there's over 155,000 people who have contributed. They are helping dozens of businesses as a result. And the list of businesses that are getting help from the Barstool Fund continues to grow. I know that there's a lot of, of awful and horrible that we talk about on a regular basis, but these are um, some, some good guys doing a good thing, you know, considering there isn't a lot of help for a lot of these businesses. And at the same time, as we're going to continue to cover and highlight, there's that looming eviction crisis that is coming. Nobody's addressed it. Nobody has any idea what to do about it. And we are talking about millions and millions of people who will be behind on rent. Their landlords are behind on mortgage payments. And what is going to happen once everything normalizes and reopens and all of that mess, how that's going to affect society, how that's going to be handled and everything else. It's, um, it's not going to be pleasant. It's going to be very, 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 very ugly. But it will be exploited by the political class to shove crap down your throat that you don't want. Guarantee it. TheBarstoolFund.com. Go check it out. Support if you can. If you're a business and you need help, make the application process. And, and uh, best of luck to all of you. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Casey Hendrickson here. By the way, if uh, I know I haven't promoted the live stream a whole lot today, but a bunch of you still came over to the live stream and were able to hang out and started following me on DLive. I appreciate that. Go to DLive.tv slash Casey, the host. Uh, YouTube has made moves, of course, to ban a bunch of conservatives. Uh, Trump as well. Uh, social media has now banned Trump uh, over the past uh, 24 hours. And on, on YouTube, they actually banned an entire radio station from the UK the other day. So don't go to YouTube. Go to dlive.tv slash Casey, the host. I'm going to take you back to December 17th, the WHO. China welcomes international investigation over COVID-19. Thursday, December 17th, Beijing will welcome an international team of COVID-19 investigators due to travel to China in January, according to the World Health Organization, which is leading the mission. That was December 17th. Cool. Yesterday, World Health Organization coronavirus investigation team denied entry into China. Told you. WHO on December 17th. China welcomes an international investigation into COVID. We're leading a team to go to China and finally investigate COVID. Yesterday, the top-level mission to China to determine the exact origins of the coronavirus pandemic has ended before it began, with the head of the World Health Organization complaining that Beijing is refusing entry to investigators. No kidding! They don't want everybody to confirm it didn't come from a wet market. It didn't come from bat soup. It came out of the stupid lab like I told you the first week of January. All of the data, all of the evidence that it came from that lab was visible to the entire world to see at the end of December and early January. And only an imbecile thought that it came from bat soup. There was never any information it came from bat soup. All of the data showed it came from that lab. 
how things have changed in just a couple of weeks. Here's Bill O'Reilly. Have a great night.